our main priority is to get those living in the United States out to vote. The voter apathy in the United States is out of control. When you look at any of these newer democracies, their voter turnout puts us to shame. If we want to be the greatest democracy on the planet, we've got to get out and vote. So in the days leading up to this year's very important election, we at Twinema Cinema are focusing on presidential positivity. So in addition to the previous episode, for the next couple, we're going to be uh, talking about the good parts of the political process. And uh, at the same time, we're going to be plugging some uh, charities and uh, other things that we think will uh, be of service to uh, our democracy. Hey, gang, this episode contains spoilers. So if you don't want to be spoiled, like all the items in my refrigerator, watch the movies first. And in case you were wondering where our films for this can be found, we have got some answers for you. The American President can be found streaming on Stars. Lincoln currently streaming on Amazon Prime. And Dave is streaming currently on HBO Max. And I just found that Dr. Strangelove is currently on Pluto. Excellent. Whereas the other films on our list, Independence Day, Hyde Park on Hudson, My Fellow Americans, Night at the Museum, and 13 Days. And Air Force One. And don't forget Air Force One. We're unfortunately not being able to be found streaming anywhere. But they are available for rental. Twinema. 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 Cinema. Twinema. Cinema. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our presidential bracket battle. With me, as always, we have Joseph, and I am Max here for the main event. Yes, this evening, we are getting it going here, battling our 10 best film presidents against one another. President versus president versus president, and so on. They'll keep on going until one person has the supremacy of the White House. Wait, that doesn't sound right. No. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, We're all hoping you listened to our draft episode, but if you didn't, we're going to go over our picks now. All right. The first pick in our draft was given to me, uh, the uh, more charming brother. Um, And with the first pick... Wait a minute. (laughs) And the first pick that we went with was The American President, uh, which is a film about President Andrew Shepard as he is concluding the end of his first term getting ready to run for re-election and seeing if he can push a crime bill through Congress because apparently everyone in the 90s had a crime bill. But that's not what the movie's about though, right? Oh no, he's a widower and he falls in love with a, um, an environmentalist. And... There we go. <laughs> it's like crime bill. Okay, let's watch this. <laughs> I, uh, my first pick uh, was the movie Dave starring Kevin Klein as a man who looks suspiciously like the current president who has a stroke while having an affair uh, and has to uh, be put on life support. So Dave is brought in to, uh, you know, doppelgang the president with the current administration, knowing all about it to keep their power. And then Dave is just a genuinely good dude. So he kind of makes the the office his own. And for the second round, I started it off again and we had Lincoln. And if you don't know what- Andrew Lincoln. (laughs) Yes, Lincoln, the film about President Andrew Lincoln. He was a very controversial figure. You know, he ended slavery, but also had the trail of tears. So I'm not not 100% sure about his history. But uh, yes, uh, yeah, this I think is... you're thinking of Andrew Jackson, sir. Oh, not Andrew Lincoln? God. No, no. You didn't come with me on that bit. That's okay. This is about Abraham Lincoln. Vampire hunter. <laughs> no, not that. Not, no. Although that would have been a good choice. I got to admit that having Abraham Lincoln as a vampire hunter probably gives him a little bit more credibility in certain circles. But this film... <laughs> that was an option, but we didn't go with it. <laughs> if you haven't seen this film, this particular film centers during the Civil War around the vote to abolish slavery. And that's pretty much the whole movie, is it's Abraham Lincoln trying to get the votes that he needs to officially abolish slavery. Slavery? Ooh, slavery. Ah. <laughs> uh, my second pick was, you know classic action film Air Force One, in which case Harrison Ford as the uh, president has to fight off terrorists 
on his titular plane uh, at in order to save his family. Because, you know, if it's a Harrison Ford movie, they, he wants his family back. I don't think he actually ever said that in this movie either, which was kind of disappointing. I know. This isn't one where he actually states he wants his family back, but it's kind of a given, right? Yeah, he, he totally does, though. Uh, for me, coming up next, we had Independence Day, which, I mean, I feel like almost every single one of our listeners has seen this movie because it's one of our personal favorites. But nonetheless... Story of Andrew Independence. <laughs> real, real quick overview. We've got Bill Pullman as President Whitmore, and he is overseeing an alien invasion of Earth and how he has to defend the United States. But, you know, the United States kind of is earth when you're looking at so many of these movies um but the the united states and they're dealing with the alien invasion of earth and then i kind of took a left turn on this uh this next one as i went with a movie that just happened to have a president in it with night at the museum you have ron williams portraying teddy roosevelt uh one of the wax figures at the uh uh, New York Museum. Um, and uh, yeah, he kind of helps uh, the night watchman there, played by Ben Stiller. He's just kind of hanging out, being a wax figure that comes to life at night. On his wax horse. <laughs> uh, for me, the next one up was Hyde Park on Hudson with Bill Murray as Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And it centers around him at his home at Hyde Park on Hudson, which is technically his mother's home. But it is involving the king and queen of Great Britain, the United Kingdom. England. I don't know which one. England? Anyhow, those... Oh, they're all the same thing. <laughs> but they're not technically the same thing. The United You're Kingdom right. is more than Great Britain, and Great Britain is more than England. Anyhow, they're coming to the United States to ask... For help in the coming war, which is World War II. And then I uh, went from my left turn and took an immediate right turn, but it was an over crank. So I went with Dr. Strangelove with Peter Sowers playing one of his three roles as President Merkin Muffley. Yes, that is his name. Uh, and he has to contend with uh, bureaucracy and those crazy Russians uh, defend off the end of the world. Following Max's choice of Dr. Strangelove, I had my fellow Americans because I couldn't decide on which president I wanted to pick. I picked a movie that had three of them. Technically four, you are correct. But nonetheless, it follows two former presidents who are being chased by spot well not spies agents some secret agents of the current president because they have some dirt on him and he wants them dead wait are they secret services secret service agents some are but some aren't i actually got very confused at least one of them is i don't know uh, it seems to be a theme you carried over from the uh, previous episode <laughs> with chasing liberty <laughs> yeah secret 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 service agents i guess although they're not exactly subtle <laughs> No, definitely not in My Fellow Americans. And then for my last pick, I had to get something with JFK in it. And there are not a lot of movies, really enough, with uh, JFK. Those are mostly TV miniseries. So I went with 13 Days, which is a thriller uh, with uh, Bruce Greenwood playing John F. Kennedy. Uh, and it's him going through the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis. Which, as we all know, was very frightening because we almost lost sandwiches forever. And also, but thank God the X-Men intervened in a completely different movie. <laughs> they saved our Cuban sandwiches, and I really greatly appreciate that. Thank you very much, Magneto and Professor Xavier and crew. All right, those are our picks, and we have not rehearsed this at all. When you were in the White House, who was the person you were most excited to meet? Nelson Mandela. I'm not a reporter. Ella Fitzgerald. Uh, Mandela was a great man, but he couldn't sing worth shit. We're stepped out upon the world stage now. Now! With the fate of human dignity in our hands. Blood's been spilled to afford us this moment. Now! 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 Some men are born great. Others have greatness thrust upon them. For you, this is that very moment. Everything that we are, all our flaws, transgressions of failures but that's not what they're looking to find when they look to us and god help us if that ever changes can you imagine the disappointment when they find out what we really are i'm the president and as they say the buck stops here 
So I take full responsibility for every one of my illegal actions. He is interested in two things, and two things only, making you afraid of it and telling you who's to blame for it. That, ladies and gentlemen, is how you win elections. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. What is going on here? I demand an explanation. So we invade Cuba, and they fire their missiles, and we fire ours. Atrocity and terror are not political weapons. And to those who would use them, your day is over. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. We have a hat filled with our nominees, and we're going to fill out the bracket live on air, which will then be edited and not be live. So what I just said was a lie. But anyway, here's a go. All right. And guess what, everyone? We got Abraham Lincoln's actual top hat. I got to tell you, this thing looks amazing. And it, it, it looks so much better in person. I know. It's amazing. It's like we pretty much got it from the sequel to the Night at the Museum, The Battle of the Smithsonian, and got it from there. So we went from movie to movie on that one. Is Abraham Lincoln in that one? Statue of him is. <laughs> nice. All right. So I'm jiggling the hat, and I'm drawing the first one. All right, and our first pick is Merkin Muffley from Dr. Strangelove. All right, so Max, how are we doing this then? So are we going, we're, we're filling out our bracket from 10 to 1? Is that the plan? Hmm? What do you mean 10 to 1? In terms of ranking, from 10 to 1? I'm just going from left to right, filling out both these two, then these two, then these three, then these three. And we'll go from there. I'm sure that will ex- be explained to everyone else at some point. All right, so Dr. Strangelove, we've got our next pick, which flew out of the hat. All right, we got President Mitchell from Dave. I'm so curious how that battle's going to go down because President Mitchell is an interesting character in Dave. Quite an enjoyable movie. I was glad to get to watch it for this podcast because I hadn't seen it before. All right, so next we have... President Kennedy from 13 Days. All right, Kennedy coming in fairly early. And in case you weren't sure, we didn't do a specific ranking of these films beforehand. So it is all random, and we're just filling it out, as Max said, from left to right, starting with our play-in games and then filling in the rest. So there is no particular ranking order even coming out of this hat. All right, and we, yes, we have President Andrew Lincoln. Andrew Lincoln. <laughs> oh, man. Conspiracy nuts are going to go crazy with this one. We have a Kennedy versus Lincoln. Well, at least we don't have a... I can't remember who else got assassinated. <laughs> <laughs> Only one will survive. Who will it be? Who survives the assassins this time? Oh, all right, so next up, we got President Thomas Whitmore from Independence Day. All right, looks like uh, Whitmore is going to be facing the battle of Muffley versus Mitchell, so that's going to be an interesting one. So on to the next pick. We have, ooh, Theodore Roosevelt from Night at the Museum. Good old Teddy. I'm so glad that we have some cousins in here because, you know what, there's nothing more important to American democracy than familial ties. It's like, I mean, I usually would call it nepotism, but this, I like your uh, outlook better. Well, it's not quite nepotism if you aren't hired directly by them, right? Eh, I'm pretty sure sure Franklin uh, had some help by having his cousin being president before him. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he gave away his wife at his wedding or anything. Wait, did he? Because he did. (gasps) Scandal. Oh man, I'm I'm honestly hoping the other Roosevelt pops up for this because that'd be great. Roosevelt v. Roosevelt. All right. <laughs> <Is that what's... laughs> Franklin Roosevelt from Hyde Park on Hudson. Excellent. Roosevelt v. Roosevelt, Dawn of Justice, American right. style. <laughs> oh man, that was better than I would hope. Oh. <laughs> All right, and then moving on to the other side of the bracket again person who gets a buy to the second round president andrew shepherd from the american president ah wonderful my number one pick gets a buy i feel like that that's pretty fair well done number one pick okay so moving down to the last set we have 
President James Marshall from Air Force One. Ooh, man, I just watched that one today, and I got to tell you, I still love that movie. <laughs> that is a fun, fun movie. I enjoy it, although I am forever pained because the music done by the legendary uh, Jerry Goldsmith was also used uh, by President Trump when he won I'm using the air quotes there. In uh, 2016, he used the music without permission and forever tainted it in some fashion. Uh, I didn't know right. that. <laughs> <But> anyway, <laughs> and that leaves our last name out of the hat. We have, ooh, this is a tough one, uh, depending on how we actually debate this, but we have President Kramer and President Douglas from My Fellow Americans. Excellent. Well, it's unfortunate that My Fellow Americans, my pick is last but it was my last pick so i don't feel too bad about that we'll see who takes it you know this is gonna this is a heck of a bracket i don't all of these films are similar in quality i don't find any of them to be completely falling flat and all of the presidents we, we did a, we have a nice little metric here showing our personal opinions of the qualities that each of the presidents showed throughout their films throughout their tenure on screen and hopefully that will be a nice guide for us to battle this out yep by the time you're listening this we'll have posted it on our facebook and or twitter and or instagram so check that out it'll be a nice companion so max you've got the bracket right there in front of you what is our first battle all right going from left to right we have our first presidential throwdown which is the battle of the m's muffley and mitchell from dr strangelove and dave excellent um you picked both of these films, didn't you? I did pick both of these films. So it's Max versus Max. Mm, I like my odds. <laughs> well, I guess what I'm going to do here is I'm going to have to say that I know who I've got. I've, I'm given the, the edge to right off the bat. but Well, I'm going to give you a first right of debate because both of these are my picks. Basically, you're going to say who you think off the bat is your best president. I'm going to say who's mine, and then we go into our reasoning. It might be a short thing if we both agree. Well, if I am getting the first choice of these two presidents, for me, it is Dave. Dave is the movie. President Mitchell is the president who is the better president of these two. And then I'm going to make things extraordinarily simple and agree with you right off the bat. But before we go any further, I do have to make a specific point of contention here. And that is that President Mitchell in Dave is actually a terrible piece of shit president. But Dave Kovacs as President Mitchell is a good president. And that is the president that I am going to be fighting for. And apparently, I'm assuming that's the president you're picking as well. That absolutely is, because he's a piece of shit. He was cheating on Sigourney Weaver, and that makes him a loser. Well, also, his policies were pretty terrible, too, because if, if we're going with presidential infidelity here, which maybe we should definitely factor that in, a pretty long list of these presidents really screwed the pooch on that one. Uh, well, but poor choice of words, Joey. <laughs> it's a poor choice of words always, but I guess it's in my vernacular and I can't get rid of it. <laughs> Although I do have to mention uh, the loser of this particular bracket, Merkin Muffley, played by Peter Sellers, as he was kind of set up to lose from the start as this whole thing is basically a satire of political theater. Uh, in the 60s and it's just crazy he was set up to fail he might be a personable guy uh but uh i mean his name is merkin muffley he is meant to be like a lackluster leader slightly effeminate possibly but yeah he never had a chance he might be you know competent in the job but ultimately be it reliance on automation or relying on uh just poor choice of cabinet <laughs> well essentially i think i mean if we're talking about no, the number of factors that we have in here, I'm just going to go through one of his worst qualities is his effectiveness. He is terribly ineffective. He may be going about things in the right way, and he may be trying to do the right thing, and he may actually, in a number of situations, pulled it off throughout the movie, stopping a number of the bombers, appropriately contacting the Russian premier in order to try and stop and avert complete total nuclear war. But... He fails, and that failure is a really hard thing to overlook when you, in fact, created global destruction. Yeah, when when you failed to prevent complete world destruction due to nuclear war. 
Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, he seems to be a good president, but yeah, under the situation, uh, the world ended and that kind of, you know, cuts your credibility. So we, uh, we definitely will go with President Mitchell on this one and he will move on. And since he's moving on, we will discuss him a little further in depth later. All right. So going to the other side of the bracket, we have two legendary presidents and one of each of our picks. Uh, we have President John Fitzgerald Kennedy and Abraham Andrew Lincoln. <laughs> well, uh, Max, should we battle out using our own presidents? You know what? I think you're right. We should uh, defend our own picks in this one and then uh, move on from there. All right. Sounds good, Max. Since I had the first pick in the draft and you gave me the opportunity to defend first, let's have you go this one. All right. So for this one, I picked JFK. Uh, blown away. What else do I have to say? Not no, that didn't happen in this movie, but he uh, he is going pretty much to the brink of war with Russia in the Cuban Missile Crisis, uh, and uh, it's tense. It's real tense, and it's you don't even understand. Like just reading about it in a book, you don't understand how tense it was. But this is a good movie displaying all kinds of diplomacy that had to be employed to avert disaster. Uh, and how uh, Bruce Greenwood, as John F. Kennedy, has to fend off the war hawks in his cabinet who want to do a sneak attack and just nuke Cuba right away. And uh, it's a mess. And cooler heads prevail. Uh, they try to be a little more, uh, you know, peaceful. And they have a back channel to talk to Moscow. Uh, and um, I don't know it's kind of a tough one as uh, Kevin Costner is technically the star of the movie. And a lot of the emotional heft is put on his shoulders. So um, you don't get as in-depth a portrayal of JFK as you would have hoped watching 13 Days. But uh, in particular, Bruce Greenwood is great as JFK, and Stephen Cook is even better as RFK, his brother. And then, yeah, together the uh, Kennedy brothers avert war. And uh, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's always a good sign when, you know, the world doesn't blow up. I think that is a, a definitely a good sign. Avoiding exchange of nuclear missiles is a great, great accomplishment, for sure. Now, I would have to say that I think abolishing slavery, also pretty good. I think that's a pretty freaking good accomplishment. Now, I think that in terms of our presidents, I got to give Lincoln the edge because he shows an, a tremendous, tremendous? Oh man, that's a new word. Tremendous. I love this. I am. He shows a tremendous amount of charisma, which was a thing that I actually wasn't expecting going into this movie because Lincoln is a, another film that I hadn't seen previously. His charisma is so subtle because people just like to listen to him. It's not an over the top. It's not an overt thing. And that charisma gets a lot of people to get behind him and to back his ideas, even if they're not fully on board with them to begin with. And I think that is a major mark of leadership that he shows so effectively throughout the movie and managing to get his one mission accomplished, which is to enact or to get Congress to pass the 13th Amendment, which abolishes slavery. And I don't want to be comparing. I think if we're comparing two presidents who are dealing with incredible difficult situations, other than perhaps President Whitmore in Independence Day, these are probably the two biggest stakes presidents on our list because obviously Dr. Strangelove failed. Uh <laughs> Beyond just defending my own pick in this one, it's tough because I actually agree with you. I think Lincoln is the pick in this bracket. Oh, okay. Well, I think we got to have, we got to figure out some of the other factors as to why that is. One of them, you know, I think Bruce Greenwood as JFK has, in case you guys didn't know, we added a hotness factor to our bracket. And that one, Bruce Greenwood has the lead in just by a slight margin. I would agree that, yeah, JFK, usually the more handsome of them as uh, there's a line in Lincoln that is particularly fun. As uh, Ulysses S. Grant says at the end of the movie, Mr. President, you look like you aged 10 years in the last year. I think I paraphrased there, but. <laughs> I believe that is close to correct because he looks much worse for his wear, even throughout the short film. <laughs> they do a decent job of making it apparent on his face throughout. Unlike our last battle, this one is incredibly close. So we are actually going to go to our metric system here and kind of break it down and see where we have the differences on our scale between these two films to see which one of us or which one of these two is going to move on. As previously mentioned, Charisma is one of our main presidential factors here. And for us, 
Lincoln achieved a charisma score of 9.5, where JFK in the movie achieved a 7.75. So a little lacking there for sure, but that also, I think, as Max pointed out previously, has a lot to do with the fact that JFK isn't the lead of his own film. And I think just having all that more screen time with Lincoln gives him a major advantage. And then we also took effectiveness into account, which uh, is hard to, hard to manage for this one as they were both successful at their goals. Uh, ultimately, we had uh, Lincoln with a 10 and Kennedy with a 9, average between our two uh, uh, scores. I feel like that was mainly due to the fact that JFK actually had to give up something <laughs> in order to get his... Uh, goals achieved, whereas Lincoln just did it through his own willpower. And he got everything. We also have leadership. How? Well, obviously the leaders lead. And we also have a category on morality, ethics, honesty, and integrity. Are they good people? And, uh, well, with that one, I guess at least what's displayed in the movies, uh, we have, we're pretty close between the two, although we know that Kennedy, you know, probably wasn't entirely... Uh, faithful to Jackie, um, and Lincoln was totally faithful to Mary Todd. Yeah, we're pretty close on that one. What do we got next, Joey? Uh, what's the next category? That yeah. would be conviction slash courage. And for these two movies, we actually had it relatively close at 9.5 for Lincoln and 8.5 for Mr. Kennedy. And then, yes, there's obviously a lot to lose, so they had to be able to gamble and be brave. And they were. And that kind of goes hand in hand with effectiveness in this particular case. But uh, one of the uh, wild cards we throw into this one is hotness for our presidents. Are they attractive? Which, you know, it's definitely a factor in reality, so we had to put it in there. People vote for people that they like to look at. That's why JFK won his presidency against Nixon. It was the first televised debate, and obviously you put Nixon next to JFK, one of them looks better. Exactly. And for in this one, uh, we obviously have JFK taking the lead, but Lincoln comes pretty close when he's wearing his hat. Yes, yes. I actually did uh, factor that into my calculations. He's a six out of 10 without the hat, but a seven with it. And then our final category for all of these films was overall film quality. And ultimately, we both came down on Lincoln being the superior film to 13 Days, although 13 Days managed a admirable 7.5 out of 10. We got 9.75 on Lincoln for that one. So I'm going to kind of go against my own pick on this one, and I'm going to say Lincoln is the one that should advance. All right, Lincoln, moving on. All right, so jumping back to the left side of the bracket on this one, we're going to go with the family affair. It's Roosevelt versus Roosevelt on this one. So we got Teddy versus Frankie. Which I know who I'm picking because once again, we are we each have a dog in this fight. Um, would you like to defend yours as well, Max? Keep it going. I will defend Teddy Roosevelt on this uh, particular San Juan Hill because it's Teddy Roosevelt, Rough Riders and such. Um, but uh, it was a delightful addition tonight at the museum. It was great seeing Rob Williams in there, brought you know all the fields back. And he is the moral compass of Ben Stiller's character in the movie. He's touting being brave. He's boisterous. Uh, he's hilarious. Uh, the only weird thing about that movie is the fact that he knows he's a wax dummy who just happens to be Teddy Roosevelt. So he adds uh, a nice level of humanity, weirdly enough, to the role. I think he's quite fun and a good addition to the movie for sure. For me, I picked Hyde Park on Hudson because I happen to really love this movie. I'm not sure what it is about it, but it really connects with me. And I think it just has something to do with the nature of the storytelling. And also, I think it's fascinating that I didn't really know this story and it came out so much later as well. Just this love affair of Franklin's and the fact that he had many, many affairs, which was something that was unexpected for me. But his meeting with the king and queen is just a fascinating point in world history and U.S. history specifically because it is in 1939 that this movie takes place. And so we're on the precipice of entering World War II as the United States of America. So this meeting is an incredibly important meeting. And so all of the preparation for and everything that happens throughout just shows a lot of the character of all these different people. And I think, although Franklin Delano Roosevelt has a 
lot of personal problems. You see his leadership shine through in the movie. You see that although his personal life is in many ways completely in shambles, as the president, he has a hold on what the nation needs of him, and he does a great job of following through with that. In addition to that, he also, kind of similarly to the movie The King's Speech, uh, kind of tells you know, King George, how he should present himself and how he can become a better leader by showing a side of himself, which will garner the passions of the public. He definitely, as a man with more humble beginnings than uh, the son of a king, a prince, if you will, (laughs) has a lot more of a people person persona to him. And one of the things he does in the movie is humanizes the king a lot more, brings him down to be with the people. The, The queen actually is kind of fighting against that throughout the movie because she doesn't believe it should be that way. They should be someone looked up to where Franklin Roosevelt believes that if people are unable to relate to you, how can they trust you? And I always just found that amusing because Olivia Colman plays uh, the queen in there and she also plays the queen in the crown. So she plays both mother and daughter uh, spaced out by a decade or so. (laughs) I completely forgot that she was actually playing the queen in this movie when I made the pick, and I was so pleasantly surprised to see her in it. It was it it, it actually made that movie for me when I rewatched it. I was just like, oh man, what a nice addition! And that she won an Oscar for playing the queen in the favorite. She she's crushing these queen performances. Although I would say the credibility of the movie has been called into questions by a lot of critics and historians. Uh, some saying that uh, Eleanor Roosevelt's sexuality wasn't actually thus, or uh, the affair actually didn't happen, and they were just good friends and confidants. So yeah, historically, I don't know if this film holds up, but as presented, it is uh, pretty good. Well, I mean, if we're gonna go historically, your president is a wax man yep that is a fair comparison i actually was leading up to uh seeing this particular point (laughs) as yes he points out in the movie he knows he's not teddy roosevelt because he's too shy to talk to the girl uh he's in love with who is uh you know sacagawea so there's that okay max so i know which way i'm leaning on this where are you at i was i was saying i think frankie won okay i i'll accept i accept your concession good sir all right, so Franklin Roosevelt wheels on forward. Oh, man. I'm sorry if that joke was a little lame. We can cut that. Jumping back over, woohoo, we got a, a hoot of a fight here. We got James Marshall from Air Force One and uh, Presidents Kramer and Douglas from My Fellow Americans. And I'm very curious, Joey, as we both got our own uh, picks in this fight as well. How exactly are you ranking my fellow Americans? Are you picking one president or are you dividing your votes in half? I hadn't made that decision until today because I wanted to rewatch the movie and be like, okay, does one of these presidents shine brighter than the other? And unfortunately, they share almost the exact same amount of screen time and they have almost the exact same amount of dialogue. And so they are essentially one person in the movie. And so... I'm, I'm not sure how we should, I should break it down by points wise, um, but I am going to defend both of them. Ooh. Well, you're going to have a hard time going against President Badass, as you got Harrison Ford playing the role of a lifetime as the president, although if he had stuck with Jack Ryan a little bit longer, he would have been president anyway. But uh, you got James Marshall saying, hey, we're not ever going to negotiate with terrorists again because that's bad. And what do you know? He gets on a plane two weeks later. He has to negotiate with terrorists, but he does it by pretty much killing every single one of those terrorists, including terrorist Gary Oldman, who puts in a hell of a performance uh, and, uh, yeah, ends up saving the day. Mission accomplished. It's obviously pretty hard to fight that particular situation because I believe it is the only president that we selected who actually kills anybody personally that is some of our other presidents made choices to have people killed but he has to face the consequences of his actions directly and i feel that that is a thing that not a whole lot of presidents have had to do and so he's kind of he's got the edge right there now my presidents they are fighting for american democracy they believe in the constitution and they believe in doing what is right so These two former presidents are doing the best they can in order to take down the president, Dan Aykroyd, who has taken money. He has taken money 
and accepted bribes to give out government contracts to military contractors. And that is just an unacceptable thing. If you don't think that's unacceptable, we have a problem here. Our democracy needs to function. Bribery cannot be allowed to be a part of our democracy. We have fought so hard in order to keep that from being the case. Our president cannot be beholden to others because of favors that they have done for them or money that they have received. It destroys the entire integrity of the process. And I love my two presidents for doing everything they can to take that man out of office. Are you implying the president right now is guilty of those crimes? Surely we would have kicked him out of office or her. I, I, I'm pretty sure he did. I really don't think there's any way around it at this particular point, especially when you factor in his damned Mar-a-Lago resort. Okay, there's just way too much money exchanging hands here, and I don't like it. And these two presidents, former presidents technically, are doing the best that they can in order to defend democracy, and they traipse across pretty much the entire country, which makes almost no sense, but they do it. And you know what? Both of these 50-plus-year-old men survive jumping out of a train, and so they're badasses in my book. And it's also worth noting that one of them is a Republican and one of them is a Democrat, and they're working together to save this country. Indeed. How nice is it to see that as an actual possibility on screen? It is a beautiful thing. <laughs> it's also worth noting the other presidents involved, Dan Aykroyd being one, yeah, he might have technically, well, I mean, he did commit a crime by accepting ki these kickbacks, but the whole thing, it turns out, was organized by the vice president, who is just a creepy guy. A creepy guy, a racist guy, a jerk. And also a giant conniving mastermind in some ways. He successfully removed the president from his office so that he could ascend to the presidency from his role as vice president. That's pretty brilliant. That's, uh... That's House of Cards shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think one of the things that really makes this movie for me is the simple fact that I think it is perhaps the funniest movie that we watched for all, for all of this. I laughed harder at this movie than at any of the others. And I know that may just be me, but I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, and you just don't expect that kind of thing from the dad in Home Alone. Uh, but, um... I feel like there's a clear-cut winner here, and I'm, I'm waiting for uh, your, your concession here. I do think that perhaps your president, President Marshall, is the better president. I'm sorry, could you speak up? President Marshall, I concede. All right, President Harrison Ford, moving on. Going back to our first bracket winner, uh, we got Mitchell, President Mitchell from Dave, going up against President Whitmore from Independence Day. Ooh, this is a battle. This is one heck of a battle I see coming here. Because when you compare these two directly, this is going to be fun. All right, Max, are you, defending, are you defending your president and I'm defending mine? I am absolutely defending Dave or President Mitchell, as he is commonly known in this movie, as he is just a fantastic guy and he improves the presidency, which he is currently doppelganging. Like he comes in, he improves things, even though Chief of Staff, played by Frank Langella, is trying to actively kill, well, I mean, he's going to try to actively kill Dave at some point, but uh, he's trying to kill policy, which will just put a bunch of children out on the street by defunding their shelters and uh, putting himself in a position to be elected president himself by uh, putting a whole scandal on top of the vice president who was played by Ben Kingsley in this case. Well, you know what, Max? Here's what would happen if my president did not succeed. Millions, perhaps billions of children would be out on the streets, Max. There is no way that Dave is a more important or better president than President Whitmore. He literally saves the entire world. Does he? Yes, he does. Because he has a great chief of staff who happens to be married or previously married to Jeff Goldblum who saves the day. And you know what? It's all about who you know. This is true. But Dave knows Charles Grodin and that kind of wins. Does it though? Because President Whitmore also knows Will Smith. So... I mean, he didn't know him. He met him. He knows him now. 
I suppose saving the world kind of has its advantages. He also went into battle himself. He flew a fighter jet against alien invaders while president of the United States. This is very true. Uh, although, yeah, Kevin Klein, as Dave, does get like a pair of robot arms at one point, but he doesn't keep them, and that doesn't really help him in the, the badass front. Uh, I, I will say Kevin Klein way more uh, charismatic uh, than Bill Pullman, although he is no slouch in that department either. Oh, he... It's not even close. <laughs> uh, Kevin Klein's got charisma coming out of his ears throughout that whole movie. And a matter of fact, they make a point of it that as soon as Dave becomes president, his charisma goes through the roof. He becomes a completely different person, more energetic. It's like he survived his stroke, faced death, and then came out swinging on the other side. But President Whitmore has one of the greatest speeches of all time. For a president in a movie. Forget president in a movie. Anyone speaking on film. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to go that far, but it does make me tear up pretty much every time because you know what? If we win, if, oh, I can't get this. I'm not going to get this right. We have to go on. We have to survive because today is our Independence Day. Well, you stole what I was going to say. I did, but that's because I think you're right in this one and Whitmore is going to advance. Oh, Whitmore with the win. Also, you know, the technicality that, you know, Dave wasn't actually president, so. Yeah, there was also that <laughs> against him, so I wasn't going to mention it. I was just going to let you have this one, but no, you had to. A little bit of gloating. Needed to do it. All right, jumping back over, we got Andrew Shepard from The American President and Abraham Lincoln from Lincoln. <laughs> My number one and number two picks going against each other. How inconvenient for me. <laughs> I know this is a tough one for you isn't it? Although it's kind of hard to go against that because you got the words of Aaron Sorkin coming out of Michael Douglas's mouth and you got walking talks and you got Martin Sheen and then you have Michael J. Fox. And it, it's nuts. Like, how do you go against that? Except when you're Lincoln. <laughs> right. You know, also it's, we got a powerhouse director at that point, having made several great films in a row, Rob Reiner directing an Aaron Sorkin script starring Michael Douglas. That's a combination that I'm down for any day of the week. It's my number one pick for a reason. I love that movie. It is an excellent movie, in my opinion. It brought a tear to my eye watching it this last time because just seeing his empathy and seeing the emotions that goes through his mind when he has to choose whether or not to retaliate against Libya for attacking Israel, it's just you, you see the weight, you feel the weight of this moment. And, that mo and the movie does an incredibly good job of showcasing that in a president, somebody who needs to think about these things, who should think about these things, who our current president does not resemble in any way whatsoever. And then you have Steven Spielberg, no slouch himself when it comes to directing, had some really <laughs> stuff in the, uh, the, the aughts, as I call them. Lincoln, I would consider to be his best film of the past 20 years, even though Catch Me If You Can and Minority Report, pretty damn good. Well, we're brushing past Indiana Jones 4 a little bit, um, although I'm kinder on it than most people, but that's neither here nor there. Daniel Day-Lewis kills it. Like, he earned that third Oscar of his by portraying Lincoln here because he doesn't go over the top, even though he does get loud sometimes. It is entirely subtle and warm, and I absolutely love that. His performance really impressed me. I knew it was going to be great because he's great and because all of the, the critics and everyone I'd ever talked to said that it was great. But what I didn't expect was how quickly I forgot that it was Daniel Day-Lewis. I forgot within like the first five minutes of the film and I just was encapsulated and following him. Tommy Lee Jones is great in the movie, but he's always Tommy Lee Jones. It's very hard for me to lose him. He is who he is. Whereas Daniel Day-Lewis as Lincoln just seems to embody him so well. And it is so good. I, it's unfortunate that the that my two my top two picks ran into each other because they won't be facing each other in the finals. And I got to give it to Lincoln because really, when it comes down to it, President Shepard finds love and it works towards a better future for the environment. And I greatly appreciate that. Abraham Lincoln ended slavery. So I think just on the accomplishments alone, we got to give it to Lincoln. And so Lincoln's going to advance. <laughs> Lincoln is going to advance in this case, but I do have to acknowledge just without the American president, we wouldn't have the West Wing and what a 
damn shame that would be not to have that in the world. Uh, so you have, yeah, you have, you can say this character is a proto version of this character in the West Wing. And it, it's a fascinating watch just from a time capsule point of view. And also because Michael Douglas and Martin Sheen are both in it, which is just fascinating. I wonder if Michael Douglas was ever offered the opportunity to be the president in the West Wing and turned it down. Hmm. It's like, oh man, I didn't dig too much into that, but, but oh man, I would still watch that. It'd still be great. They're both great performers. Um, so Lincoln advances. What is our next battle? All right. Well, we are in the final four, Joey. The final four. Oh my God. Moving on the left side of the bracket, we have President Whitmore from Independence Day and President Franklin Delano Roosevelt from Hyde Park on Hudson. Although I like to remember the character in Annie a lot more. <laughs> We're just ignoring, ignoring John Voight in Pearl Harbor. I don't even remember John Voight in Pearl Harbor. John Voight's in Pearl Harbor? As is Dan Aykroyd. Who the hell does Dan Aykroyd play in Pearl Harbor? He plays an analyst that pretty much anticipated Pearl Harbor. But on a side note, it is crazy how many actors actually double in various movies here. Like I have a small list of stuff. Stephen Culp, 13 Days, RFK, also appears later as a Republican Speaker of the House in West Wing. We also have an actor by the name of Dakin Matthews, who's in both 13 Days and Lincoln as a member of the cabinet. Uh, we have Bruce Green Greenwood, president in 13 Days, but he's also played the president in National Treasure 2, and he was uh, Bob McNamara in The Post. And then we have a fellow by the name of Bill Smitrovich, who's in 13 Days and Independence Day as a general. That's pretty awesome. Some crazy uh, crossover with our movies, along with just a penchant of uh, a lot of character actors in political movies. It's cool. <laughs> but back to the subject at hand, we got Mr. Uh, Shoot Some Aliens president versus some uh, Let's uh, Romance Some Gals president. <laughs> that, that definitely is Roosevelt's focus in the movie. Once again, my president versus my president. I am very proud of my team's for advancing in these brackets. Now, once again, they are head to head and we have to make a choice and see who comes out victorious. I would say that I'm gonna defend Hyde Park on Hudson here. That's my choice. And I think one of the big factors is that Bill Murray is actually incredible as FDR. I think his performance as FDR is very underappreciated. And I think that has a lot to do with people not particularly loving the film. And I'm not sure why that is. There's a lot of reasons. But for me, I, it just hit me so hard. And I think his performance is so good. He's very funny. He's very charming. And it's just fascinating. The sequence where he goes swimming, I think is just a beautiful moment. And I never thought about that before. Just the idea of FDR enjoying swimming. And I feel it has a lot to do with the fact that it gives him a lot more mobility than being carried around throughout a lot of the movie by one of his, uh, I believe, Secret Service agents. Uh, it is a fascinating performance to watch, although I know I'm going to anger you slightly by saying, I don't know if it was exactly a good performance, as I think half of the magic was just Bill Murray playing a president. But he was putting on an accent. I don't know if it was quite true to FDR. It sounded a lot like Cary Grant, if I'm going to be honest. Hey, that's fine. I mean, because if we're going to compare people with accents in these movies, at least nobody else, at least Kevin Costner's out already, because that was pretty atrocious. Oh, yeah, that was a horrible Boston accent. He wanted to park the car in the car park by the yard. But he, he couldn't quite get there. That's pretty much what happened. There's a whole lot of Boston in that movie, but yeah. <laughs> I don't have problems. Or wait, I have problems with accents. I can't hear them particularly well. I had no problem with Bill Murray's performance. So I guess... It was subtle. It was subtle. I'll give you that. And I loved it. Whereas I'm going to kind of go with your argument uh, for Independence Day. Uh, one of the best speeches in history, a guy who will literally rally Earth to fight and saved Earth from certain annihilation. Definitely a guy worth, uh, worth uh, voting for. And we all know that FDR would go on to be the president that ended World War II. Well, I guess besides, you know, Truman bombing the shit out of Japan. But um, yeah, the plans are laid to end the war just by, you know, even getting Britain in the war in the first place. And obviously America would follow after that. But in terms of things actually presented on screen, I think uh, President Bill Pullman was a little more successful in that. <laughs> and that is certainly a factor that we cannot discredit is that one of our things for these movies was specifically to only deal with the things that happen on screen in them. And so in that case, you know, Bill Pullman successfully defeats aliens and protects Earth, where FDR 
manages to get the king of England to eat a hot dog. So we're talking about dramatically different scales in terms of importance in the world. And I also, I got it. I probably got to give it to uh, President Whitmore, you know? I would agree. Although I would say his biggest flaw is he actually nukes an American city during the film and uh, kind of washes it off as an oops. Well, I think, what did they say that at that particular- He had bad info at the time. So I get it. Well, even at that point, I think we, according to the film, he had- 15% left of the U.S. armed forces. That's how many had been destroyed at that point. Los Angeles had been essentially wiped off the face of the earth. So, yes, not a great decision to launch a nuclear weapon over American soil. But at the same time, when you're dealing with an existential threat that's going to destroy the earth otherwise, sometimes you got to take a big swing. So did you say, I mean, I suppose it is an existential threat, but also extraterrestrial. Yes, it is both. (laughs) So he quickly learns uh, of the existence of Area 51 and uh, the means to defend themselves quickly afterwards. So uh, it's like, I blame his uh, his secretary of defense on that one, who, weirdly enough, also appears in My Fellow Americans. So it's crossover again. (laughs) So we both agree, President Bill Pullman advances. Correct. Congratulations, President Whitmore. This is not how I thought we were going to end up, especially since I have a, I have a feeling how this next bracket's going to go. It is President Lincoln versus President Marshall. Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah, President Killjoy versus President Freeing All the Slaves. That's a t- as far as the results are concerned, uh, I mean, they're both successful, but uh, one had a more lasting impression. Well, we don't really get to see what happens for President Marshall's continued terms, unfortunately, as a fictional president. So I don't know how much that matters. If we're basing it solely on the movie itself, let's go to the metrics. All right. So looking at the metrics for James Marshall and Air Force One, Not so much charisma on that one. He only racked up a 6.25 on that. However, he was very effective in, you know, freeing the plane and getting most everyone off off the plane, except for poor Bill Macy, RIP. Uh, Well, what can you do when there's a mole in your secret service, okay? That's kind of, that's kind of shitty, okay? That's Especially when your last words are, it was you! (laughs) Yeah. What, What a rough situation that was. Man, the moment when he hands him the gun, I'm just like, no, you're handing the wrong man the gun. Don't give him a gun again. (laughs) But leadership is great. Displays great poise under pressure. uh, Great ethics and integrity, with the exception of him actually negotiating with terrorists when his family is threatened. That is kind of a backtrack on that one. So he doesn't get 10 out of that when we uh, took away a point. Oh, yeah, we we had to take away points for putting your family above the presidency, above the United States of America, which understandable, but not presidential. Yeah. Ultimately, if he was, uh, if he was doing it right, he would excuse himself as president under the 25th amendment and Glenn Close would then be president and they would blow that plane up. (laughs) Yes, they would have blown it right the hell up. But encouraging conviction, oh man, he gets a tan, a fucking tan. Absolutely. I mean, it takes a hell of a lot to decide to stay on a plane with terrorists and fight it out when you could easily just escape. He's got a literal escape pod. pod. I was just like, bubble? No, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> and then uh, Harrison Ford, attractive guy. So he gets a 9.5 from us. And the whole movie itself, pretty dang solid. We got 7.75 for that one. Going uh, to Lincoln. Well, we already talked about how charismatic he is, effectiveness as a president, super good leader, ethics, great, courage, great. A lot of strategy in this one, which is what I love about the movie Lincoln, as he walks such a fine line to make sure both things happen, ending the war and ending slavery, and doing it in the right order as well. He ends slavery, then ends the war. Which we actually hadn't previously mentioned that he also ended the Civil War during this time. So, I mean, that's a hell of an accomplishment to throw throw on top of ending slavery. You know, that's well, well done, Lincoln. Well, I mean, it had to be done in that order too, because had uh, the war ended and the, the Southern states be admitted back into the Union, Obviously, slavery was never going to get ended. Which makes absolutely no sense if you're the United States of America that you would allow that to happen. 
it just, it can't, you can't have fought a war to end slavery and then not end slavery. That is just, so the way that it's portrayed in the film and the way that it ended up happening in reality, just it, it hammers home how stupid it would have been to have done it any other way. And the fact that he effectively navigates that is impressive feat. It was amazing. And uh, all while we're in a top hat, which uh, did not hurt. So the juggernaut, which is Lincoln, I'm going to have to say once again, advances. I'm sorry. It's if you are running into Lincoln in this bracket, it is going to be a long, difficult road to try and win. All right. Ah, God. As much as it hurts eliminating my last contender in this contest, I have to give it to Lincoln, too. Sadly, Harrison Ford did not cut the mustard on this one. Lincoln goes on to the finals. You know what? That's what it is with the presidency sometimes. You are best remembered by the challenges you had to face and whether you overcame them or not. Unfortunately, President Ford, you had to deal with some terrorists, but you didn't have to deal with a rebellion. Although it easily could have happened at Independence Day. Like, I feel like his Secretary of Defense was trying to undermine him a lot. Yeah, and then he fired his ass. He can't do that. He just did. (laughs) Uh, And then, okay, so final for the whole shebang, we got President Thomas Whitmore, as played by Bill Pullman in Independence Day, and Abraham Andrew Lincoln played by Daniel Day-Lewis in the movie Lincoln. Okay, this is a crazy battle because when you're comparing accomplishments, the scale of things is an absolute level of insanity because, yes, I believe approximately, I'm going to go ahead and throw a number out there that's probably a little off, but it's like 700,000 Americans died during the American Civil War. Hundreds of thousands, yes. Millions of Americans died during the events of Independence Day. The level of tragedy that President Whitmore has to deal with in Independence Day is off the charts. He has to deal with the fallout of all major American cities being wiped off the face of the earth in a matter of 48 hours. It is absolute pandemonium. His wife dies. This is in, a, this is in like three days. He has to deal with all of these different things, and yet he still manages to stand strong and lead the country against these alien invaders. And not only lead them, he makes great decisions along the way. Aside from aforementioned nuking of Houston. It didn't work out negatively, so he's got that going for him. I'm sure there were people still alive in Houston. Nobody lives in Houston. It's only one of the what? 10 largest cities in the United States. There couldn't possibly have been any survivors. So yeah, um, uh, asterisk, we apologize to our Houston listeners. We love you. Double asterisk. I don't know if we have any listeners in Houston. (laughs) (laughs) But we might in the future. And to those future listeners, we apologize. But you are correct. That is one fairly large tactical mistake. But once again, it doesn't actually backfire in the context of the movie. So as his generals point out, uh, civilian casualties would be minimal. What is minimal though, when you're dropping a nuclear bomb? 10,000? Is 10,000 minimal? I don't, I don't know the numbers they're talking about at that point. But other than that, he makes some great decisions that lead them to victory over the alien invaders. He's also extremely lucky that the alien invaders were susceptible to Mac viruses. You know, sometimes you got to get lucky, man. You can't win them all based on your intelligence, right? Sometimes the luck needs to prevail. Although intelligence absolutely did prevail for President Lincoln in Lincoln, as he was a lawyer before he became president and master debater. So his intelligence there absolutely won this situation. He was able to procure enough votes, although maybe some of the means. Uh, of gaining those votes was a little dodgy, but he was able to uh, muster the spirit of the Republican Party at that moment and make sure everything happened the way it did. I don't know about you, Max, but I would have a hell of a time trying to look a man in the face and listen to him after he had previously punched me. All I'm saying is President Whitmore has some humility to him. He is able to set aside his petty differences with anyone around him and focus on the big picture, which is, once again, defeating 
the alien invaders. You'd have to be an extraordinarily pitiful person for literally having Jeff Goldblum arrive at your doorstep. Not just being Jeff Goldblum, but also having evidence that uh, the aliens who just showed up on Earth are going to attack and eradicate humanity. So to be fair, he has no particular reason to believe him, but he chooses to believe him anyway. This is very true. But again, I believe Jeff Goldblum, anything he told me, frankly. So there is something I do want to bring up about President Bill Pullman, Whitman, Whitmore. (laughs) Aside from the aforementioned aforementioned nuking of Houston, we also have a president who attempts to avoid panic and then causes panic. Like his speech to calm people didn't exactly work. And he could have evacuated cities a lot better, I think, and saved a few more lives at that point. You know, he does acknowledge that. As president, you have to be able to look at your mistakes and recognize where you made them in order to move forward in a positive manner. And he does that. Did his mistake cost millions of American lives? Perhaps. But at the same time, they only had approximately six hours to evacuate every major city in the United States. Millions are going to be lost no matter what. I wonder how many would have been lost had he in the chaos of the evacuation versus the chaos that occurred anyways. Because as you said... Yes, his speech did not calm the nation. But I don't think that that's entirely his fault because giant 13-mile-wide alien ships appeared over the cities of New York, Los Angeles, and Washington, D.C. I don't think you can ever avoid panic in that situation. This is true. And then Lincoln himself acknowledges the evil of acknowledging Black Americans as property in the first place in his strategy to abolish slavery. And yeah, he he knows it's a necessarily evil to call them property in order to make sure they're never property again. So that's kind of his thing too. And even though President Whitmore does save millions, billions on earth, it's definitely Lincoln's strategy to save millions, if not the ones who are currently in bondage, but as he said, the millions to come. Everyone after that Everyone born free uh, is certainly to be counted as uh, a total in Lincoln's victory. I think what's going to put it over the edge here for me is the simple fact that in the film Lincoln, he never fails. I think that is probably the key element is in the runtime of that movie. He is successful, although it is a difficult road. He always manages to succeed. His effectiveness is more proficient than President Whitmore's because, as you mentioned, losing that many lives, although unavoidable, I would probably argue (laughs) for any president to have succeeded in that situation, it still has to hurt you. You know, it still happened under his watch. It still occurred and he could have done more and done a better job. And so that's going to hurt him. And while he doesn't like actually fail during the movie, I think he's this much closer to losing his family. Like he risks the sanity and love of his wife by risking their son, letting him sign up for the army. They'd already lost one son to sickness and she wasn't that well off in her faculties to begin with. So he's walking the line of putting stress on his family life versus saving America. So I think that's the, that's the stumble he takes in that movie that he puts America first that America is so to speak. I don't like the term America first, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Yes. As the president of the United States, he puts the United States above his own personal life above his family. He does what president Marshall failed to do in air force one. And then obviously president Whitmore kind of does the same thing by leading uh, the world through coordinated strikes to victory against the alien menace. It's pretty hard to downplay a president actually leading from the front lines in a war. That is a thing that we don't really ever see, which makes sense that it doesn't ever happen. But the leadership and the bravery required to do something like that is off the charts. Well, had uh, had Abraham Lincoln had access to a fighter jet, I believe he honestly would have done the same. He could have been fighting in the Civil War the entire time that it was going on, but he chose not to. Four score and 700 asses kicked to go. <laughs> The thing is, when you are gifted in certain fields, maybe you're uh, you're better suited to do things differently. I'm not going to say that you shouldn't lead from the front lines, but 
your worth as the president of the United States, as a symbol of, of America, may be better suited as simply surviving, especially during the possible fall of the Union, than putting yourself at risk being on the front lines where you could just be even killed by a stray bullet from your own men. Yeah, and that, and that I think it was uh, selfless of him to fight because he could die and it wouldn't mean a thing if humanity lost. So he saw the bigger picture there and I admire that. But also, as you said, they were suited to their times. Bill Pullman, as Whitmore, was a fighter pilot before he was president. Lincoln was a lawyer before he was president, and they both did what they were trained to do. Before we make a final decision, I just want to dedicate this particular moment to the great American and world hero, Russell Case. Thank you, sir, for your incredible bravery, your service to the world. We, you will never be forgotten. And I believe... His famous words would be the same thing I would say to our current president. So in the words of his generation, up yours. So, Max, who is our winner? winner. Who's the winner? I'm going to give it to you to declare this because I am torn. You're torn. Well, since it is my president versus my president, I feel like you are the only objective voice here who is able to to bring reason into my mind and help help us make this final choice. Well, the, with this final choice, I believe it comes down to the numbers for us and the legacy. Uh, ultimately, the movie quality on Independence Day versus Lincoln, we got a solid eight for Independence Day. However, 9.75 for Lincoln. So movie quality, performance quality, and just, uh, I think, honestly, caliber of direction comes into mind when ranking these movies. So Lincoln is the winner for me. I cannot argue against Lincoln. Perhaps if we had picked a film where George Washington was portrayed, maybe he could have topped Lincoln. Perhaps if George Washington, also having led us in the Revolutionary War, had to defeat alien invaders as well, perhaps that president could defeat Lincoln. I have to go write a movie. But Lincoln has been a juggernaut this entire time. They were like coming in and undefeated into the bracket. They were looking down upon everyone. And guess what? They still stand victorious. All right. So we've come to the end and Lincoln is our victor. He won the Civil War and he won the presidential bracket battle. Boom. Lincoln out. We thank you for bearing with us and listening to this fun little bracket. We hope you enjoyed it. If you want us to do another one, shoot us on some suggestions. We'd love to do it again. This was fun. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere podcasts are podcasted. Uh, like our uh, posts on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all the fun social media places. And most importantly of all, wear the damn mask and vote. Please get out there and vote. We'll have some links attached to this episode and to future episodes if you want to get more directly involved in specific races or just to donate to certain causes that the podcast supports. We love you. God bless. Good fight and good night. For the next episode of Twinima Cinema, we'll find out if certain Secret Service gentlemen have what it takes to defend the president from attacks from without and within.